We are continuing a series this morning on uh, heaven on earth, these gifts that God, that Jesus brought down from heaven to earth. We're looking at Luke chapter 24. It's the last chapter in the gospel of Luke. Jesus is in the resurrected body, giving us these five gifts that he brought from heaven down to earth. Wouldn't it be awesome to have a little bit more of heaven here on earth? Wouldn't it be awesome to have a little bit more of heaven here on earth? All right, good. So every week we're looking at a gift, and, and I hope that when you come to church, you feel recharged, you receive that gift, and you're ready to give it to somebody else. Let's continue reading, and then we'll recap what we looked at last week and what we will be looking at this week. So Jesus, resurrected body, says these things to the disciples. Peace to you in verse 36. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. So the first gift was peace. We looked at that last week that Jesus came to bring us peace. The disciples had abandoned Jesus. Peter even betrayed Jesus. Uh, uh, Judas betrayed Jesus. Peter denied Jesus three times. And Jesus didn't say, how dare you? Jesus said, peace to you. And he came to bring us peace. And we have peace when we know that we are a child of God, when we know that we are totally forgiven and that we were created on purpose and for a purpose. When we believe that, no matter what may be going on in our lives, we can have peace. So that's the first gift I highlighted there to say that that's the first uh, gift that Jesus brought down. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, why are you troubled? Why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. The second gift that Jesus brought down from heaven to earth was the gift of healing. God, Jesus in his resurrected body was fully healed and he had the scars to show it. Do you know that Jesus came to heal, uh, bring healing down on earth? earth. And, and more so this morning, I'll, I'll talk about pain, but I want us to look forward to the end where there will be no more pain anymore. One of the last verses in the Bible is in Revelation 21. Let's jump there and, and read the promise that God gives us that he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying, nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, behold, I'm making all things new. Also, he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. There will come a time where there will be no more pain when we are in Christ. He promises us that pain is temporary. All of us in this room are experiencing pain one way or another. We can be ignoring that pain or in process of healing that pain. And my hope this morning is that we treat this room, this time, as a hospital. Because Jesus is the great physician and he came to heal. And I don't know if you are whether ignoring or in process, but as you walk out from this place, I hope that you experience the healing that comes with knowing Jesus Christ, the great physician. Imagine what it would look like for us as a church to be the church that hurting people come to. 
instead of where hurting people come from. Imagine if we were a place where we can live out a little bit of this heaven here on earth, where, where there, in, in our mourning there is comfort, in our crying we can hold one another, in our pain there can be healing. That's what I hope that, that we experience this morning as we dig into the purpose of pain. I think one of the biggest problems that we have at church is that some of us are really, really good, myself included, at ignoring pain. People ask us how we're doing, and we say, all right. We say, really? And we say, yep, all good. Good week. Family's good. We come wearing our Sunday best when in reality, we're in so much pain because of things in our life. And, and, and a part of that reason is because we have a weak theology of pain. We think that if we are experiencing pain, that we must have done something wrong. And you see, the Bible is filled with pain and, and what we're called to do in, in times when we are experiencing deep pain. So again, what does that pain in your life look like right now? It could be a, a pain from working out and your muscles are just sore and you just need a little bit of rest. That may be the pain. Or, or, or you may be in pain because you literally just hurt yourself physically and you are recovering. Or you may be in emotional pain because of some wound that another has caused you in your life. Or you may be in pain this morning because you are mourning the loss of a loved one, it's okay to be in pain. God is here. And, and we're going to look at three purposes of pain this morning. Again, to, to remember that God is not far away in our pain. It's actually the opposite. He is nearest to us when we acknowledge our pain. First, let's look at the sources of pain. What are the sources of pain here on Earth. The first is that there's sin around me. We live in a broken world, and I think that it's just becoming apparent that it's more broken day by day. If you read the news, if you walk across the street, I mean, we're there's, this world is filled with tension and, and with brokenness and with chaos. And that's because in the very beginning, when Adam and Eve disobeyed God, when they decided to choose to trust in their own wisdom versus choose to submit to God and, and his way, it's interesting. The consequence was separation from God. And God told Adam, because you did not obey, now there will be pain in your work. And he told Eve, because you did not obey, there's going to be pain in childbirth. Men, we, we, got, we, got, we got an easy one. Women, I, I'm sorry. I, just, I don't understand it, but, but it's written there in Genesis chapter 3. Pain is the consequence of disobedience and sin. And as a result, we have a broken world. This is the sin done all around us. When there are tornadoes and floods and hurricanes, all of this chaos is, that, that, that all this pain that is caused by chaos is a result of the sin around us in this broken world. The second is the sin done to us. So again, those are the wounds that, that we receive from others. Ever since we came into this world, we were born into an imperfect Dad and an imperfect mom. Some of us didn't even have mom or dad around at that time. There are wounds that we receive from early on that, that we carry that inflict 
pain in our life. God came to heal that as well. And in a church, we're really good at focusing this third one. This is the sin done by us. These are the consequences that we struggle with because of our own poor choices. Sin done around us, sin done to us, and sin done by us. This is the source of pain. Pain is not heavenly. We just read Revelation 21. I want to remind us there will be no pain when heaven comes to earth, when Jesus returns. And here in this resurrected body, Jesus is looking at his disciples healed with scars. And he says, hey, I came. I came to bring healing here on earth. Mark chapter 2. Jesus is speaking to the uh, Pharisees. This is the group that thought that they didn't need God. The group that was really good at ignoring their own issues. And uh, Jesus addressing the, uh, them said this in Mark two seventeen: It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Jesus came to heal. Anybody with me this morning? Again, some of us just really good at ignoring the pain. And what happens is one of the most repeated verses in the Bible, Exodus 34, 6 through 7, talks about the characteristic of God. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands and forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. That is who God was revealed to Moses back then. And is, he, he's still that way today. That is the Lord. That is the blessing of God. But look, the, 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 the verse continues, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers and the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. When we ignore our pain, the pattern of pain is once we are hurt, we then hurt. So Jesus wants to stop the pattern. Jesus wants to bring healing in our lives so that we pass healing and blessing instead of curse and pain to our children and our grandchildren. The great physician is here. And so two questions for you. Number one, what is your pain? I want you to take a moment and just think about and personalize this question. What is the pain that you are experiencing in life right now? And the second question is the same question that Jesus asks this man who was in great deal of pain. And that is this. Do you want to get well? Do you want healing? Because Jesus came to bring healing in verse 5 of John 5. We read about a man who was an invalid. He was disabled for 38 years. That's a lot of endured pain. And when Jesus, verse 6, saw him lying there and learned that he had been on this condition for a long time, asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool. When the water is stirred while I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. Jesus wants to heal 
and give purpose to our pain. And that's what I want to do this morning. Talk about the purpose of pain. The first point is this, the Jesus' scars in his resurrected body teach us that our pain exists to glorify God. Stay with me. In John 11, another episode where Jesus is speaking to uh, his two dear friends, Mary and Martha, their brother Lazarus was sick. And so the sister sent word to Jesus in John 11, verse 3, the Lord, the one you love is sick. That's his friend Lazarus. And when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for, the, for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. He's saying that there's a purpose for Lazarus' sickness, and that is for God to be glorified through that. Now, end of the story is that Jesus die, uh, Lazarus dies, and then Lazarus is raised to life by Jesus. It's an awesome story. And a lot of us have awesome stories of healing where we asked God for healing and he came through and we were miraculously healed. Just so that we have a little bit of proof. I know there's some of us that have experienced miraculous healing in our life. Can I just see your hand? Can you boldly glorify God by waving at me and say, I have been miraculously healed by God at some point in my life. That happens so that his name would be famous, not the person who asked for healing. It's like a dad who gives a gift that a son or a daughter has wanted. The son or daughter doesn't say, I got this for myself. No, the son and daughter received that good gift from their father. That is what happens when we receive healing from the Lord. We glorify the Father. Can we just give God some praise for miracles in our lives? I want to tell you a story of a miracle this week that we experienced as a church family. Felix Torres, a lot of us met him at Encounter Men. If you were there at Encounter Weekend, he's a part of the Thrasher community group. They meet on Monday nights in San Marcos. Felix was in Houston. He had dinner at a restaurant, and just like that, he collapsed. His heart stopped beating. Thank God there was a good Samaritan who started chest compressions, saved his life. His heart stopped. By the time he got to the hospital, his heart uh, was beating again, but he was unconscious. And so through our prayer ministry, we got our, our, our prayer ministry team who prays literally around the clock. We started praying. We started asking for God to heal Felix. Some of us fasted. And the next morning, Felix woke up and the doctor said, this does not happen. The stats and the percentages were against him, but God was glorified through this amazing miracle that was just on Friday morning. Come on, two days ago. So God can heal. In fact, the Bible is full of stories. Many times in Jesus' ministry here on earth, he just heals. There's no formula to healing, but God wants to heal. He is able to heal. The number one question is, will he? And my friends, that's just not up to us. What is up to us is for us to ask, for us to ask boldly, for us to ask unashamedly. And for some of us this morning, I hope that that's what we start doing. We say, Lord, I believe that you can heal me. I believe that you can heal this person close to me. So Lord, I pray, heal them by, in the name of 
Jesus, whether that happens this side of heaven or not, if we are in Christ, we are promised healing, period. Pain is temporary. So that's the first point, that the purpose of pain is to glorify God. Now, uh, in the same way that we celebrated that miracle just a few hours later, we were in this room celebrating a young man who passed too soon. He was 18 and he died in a car accident. And so that is the opposite end of the spectrum. God, if, if you're good and if you're real, then why does that happen? That's just confusing. The second point is that God's purpose of healing is that it reveals God's nearness. One of my favorite verses now is uh, Psalm 34, 18, and it says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. I don't know why tragedy happens. I can't explain it, and it's not up to us to rationalize it. I think it's for us to recognize that God is close to the brokenhearted. In fact, not only was he close, but he actually bore our suffering on the cross. And Isaiah, 500 years before the crucifixion of Jesus, speaks to the reality that Jesus underwent for all of us in Isaiah 53, starting in verse 4. Surely he, Jesus, took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he, Jesus, was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. I don't know. If you've experienced loss here recently or a long time, you still feel that pain. I don't know why that happened, but I do know that God is close. And God is near in our pain when we are grieving someone close by. And I also know that our salvation is because it happened because Jesus suffered for us. See, heaven, there's no pain. Here on earth, there is pain. But if we do not know Jesus, pain then is eternal. The, God, uh, the Bible says that there is weeping and gnashing of teeth in Sheol or hell. So in Jesus, we are promised that our pain here is temporary. But Jesus bore our sins, the weight of our sins, so that pain was temporary, not eternal. And so for some of us, Maybe that's the reality that, 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 that we're working out where we're not following Jesus yet. And if that's you, I'm so happy that you're checking out what it looks like to follow Jesus. But I want you to know that that's why Jesus went to the cross. That's why we can have hope in our grief. Because we know that pain is temporary. And that the suffering that this world causes and the suffering of sin, the consequences are death. And, and, and that can last forever unless we call upon the only one that can save, the only one that went to the cross for you and for me and for the entire world. He is close. He is near. 
when we uh, were here on Friday, all, a lot of this young man's friends shared about stories. Ooh, and it reminded me of when I lost my best friend at age 16 to a car accident. So after they shared their stories, all the students were sitting right here and, and, and I, I encouraged them. And this is, by the way, the third purpose of our pain. It's so that not only uh, uh, God may be glorified or that we can recognize his nearness, but that we can show our scars in the same way that Jesus showed his scars and said, remember the pain that I just went through for you so that you wouldn't have to feel pain ever. And, and, and for us humans, we can say, hey, me too. And so I, I was sharing with the students that I know the anger, the sadness, the confusion of losing someone so young immediately. And I also encouraged them to realize that this life is precious and it's short. And we don't know what tomorrow brings, but we have a choice. We have a choice to call upon the name of Jesus as our Lord and Savior and at least make pain temporary and have security in eternity where there will be no more pain, no more suffering, no more sorrow. And I was able to comfort a couple of students, thankfully, and I hope that you've experienced what 2 Corinthians 1 talks about, that God comforts us so that we can comfort others. Here's what it says, praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. There is no way that I could have known when I was crying in my friend's bed with his mom at age 16 that at age 32 I would be comforting a group of students that were going through the very same Thing. That's why in Galatians, it calls us to carry each other's burdens to fulfill the law of Christ. Let's show each other's scars. Let's carry each other's burdens. Let's share our pain with others so that we can give purpose to that pain. And I want to close with the promise that Jesus gave Lazarus and uh, uh, Mary and Martha, I'm sorry. Uh, Mary was the emotional sister. Martha was the intellectual sister. So Jesus is telling them, hey, your brother is going to be raised. He's going to raise again. And, and Martha said, I know, Jesus. I know that the Bible says in Revelation 21, it wasn't written yet, but, but God's word is forever. So she's like, I know that we're all going to be raised again. Like that's the church answer. And Jesus said, no, I in the resurrection and the life in John 11. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Jesus asked Martha and Jesus asks you and me. Do we believe that there is a purpose for our pain? Do we believe that pain is temporary? And if so, then we can glorify God, we can recognize how near he is in our pain and we can show our scars. I want to close by recalling that pain in our lives and asking God unashamedly and boldly to heal 
our pain. 